I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Doing good morning. You're listening to the Arts House on Corks 96 FM and C103. It's Elmarie Ma at the microphone with you until 10. Connor Talon's also here in studio, ready to go. Yep, playing a stormer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been really kind of blustery. Um, I suppose you could say more than that in some places over Wintry, the last couple of days. Yeah. We were out yesterday afternoon, won't say exactly where, um, but everyone who was eating at tables around us almost was there because they had no power. And I think there are people still today into this afternoon hoping to get their power back. And so in some that's cases, you. fallen trees, blocking roads still and all of that. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, just disaster, especially if you're trying to manage kids or elderly yeah. parents or anything like that. It's tough or if you're managing on your own and you're sick of the candles and... Cold baked anyway, beans. We're here to give <laughs> you a, a break from the storm. <laughs> And hopefully between now and ten you'll enjoy the guests that we'll be chatting to. Later on in the programme I'll be chatting to Rebecca Storm about her triumphant return to Cork Opera House coming up in March. We'll be chatting about that a little bit later. There are new faces at the Cork Arts Theatre and joining the team and lots of exciting projects in the pipeline. Now, something that's been in the pipeline for the last two and a half years has finally made its way onto the stage of the Everyman Theatre, and that's The Crucible, Arthur Miller's classic. It's running on Wednesday and Thursday, and I spoke to the director, Darren Kelleher, about their journey that was postponed because of, oh, something that happened a couple of years ago. Anyway, that, and also looking at a little bit of love in the Crawford Art Gallery. We have a nice story for you, a classic tale that goes back, ooh, thousands of years. Now over the course of the last, oh god I couldn't tell you how many episodes, Connor and the assistant creator in the Crawford, Michael Waldron, have been doing this work of the week series and I absolutely adore it because it makes me look at the works that are in the gallery with a whole new light and insight but it's talking about art on the radio. Some of you are looking it up online while we're online. What if you can't actually see what it is? Now I love getting texts and whatsapps while the programme is on air and one of the people who texted the show was an artist called Claire McLaughlin um, sometime last year 
And that's how we found out about Sight Unseen, how Claire does these virtual visits to galleries and in-person visits to galleries for the blind and people who are visually impaired. So she's going to be joining us on the programme just before we finish this morning, before 10, to tell us about the next visit to a gallery in Derry and how you can get involved. All of that to come between now and 10. And of course, we're still shining the spotlight on Cork singers, songwriters and musicians and artists. Here's Aunt Kaylee. Never thought I could hold so much in the palms of my hands. They said that I'd be so much richer, but it was hard to understand. Cause I've had gold at my fingertips time after time. Maybe when it's bright it gets you noticed But it loses its shine Then the dawn breaks And I hear you calling Suddenly it seems to be so clear In that first light of day All this gold around Is autumn falling Teach you my name Before she falls again
That is just one of the nicest songs, isn't it? The song of a dad to his newborn little baby. Love it. That is Aunt Kaylee there and Child of Mine. And I know uh, that Hayley Murphy is also singing that. I'm not sure if Tally Murphy is singing that as well um, from the Dagenham, Dagenham Yanks as well, as you know. Um, but I love, just love that song. That's from an album he brought out many years ago now at this stage. An album called Innocence. And I know that Aunt has done all sorts of different projects since and has moved on to Pastors New and everything like that since as well. Um, but I really love that one. I think I probably managed to play the egg in that. <laughs> it's this really lovely little pulse of the egg going along um, right through that. But it's it's really, really, really lovely. Uh, so delighted to play it. Now, we are also delighted to see new faces joining the world of theatre and administration in the arts. And as theatre is emerging from repeated lockdowns, the Cork Arts Theatre this week announced two new appointments to strengthen its team and spearhead new developments in 2022. Finn Flynn has been a appointed manager, which is a new role at the venue, and Jeff Gould steps into the role of chairperson of the board. Both of them are bringing huge experience of working in theatre. Finn Flynn, for example, spent 17 years as manager of Kirkadurka, and she went on to other things in the meantime. But it was great to see these new appointments, and I was delighted to see the press releases which popped into the email this week, as I said to Flynn when I picked up the phone to congratulate her on the new job. I loved, absolutely loved the photo that was circulated earlier on this week with the four of you sitting in the catalogue. That was fab. Oh, yes. Okay. You, yeah, it is. It's a lovely shot, isn't it? And, you know, yeah. I was really intrigued that, first of all, it's a great new double act joining the already fantastic team in the Cork Arts Theatre. But I was intrigued when I read in the press release that the position of manager, per se, is a new position. Well, it is, I guess, because I'm not, stepping directly into Dolores' role, which would be artistic director. So in effect, there hasn't really been this role before in terms of the management of the space, which obviously will involve programming and aspects of artistic direction and policy as well. But it isn't an artistic director role. Dolores, as you may know, has semi-retired, but she is still in very much involved and working in a part-time capacity in her role as artistic director. So you have all of that experience and connection and history with the Cork Art Theatre. And then this new role being carved out as well, which I suppose, to be fair, Finn, is going to capitalise on the years of experience that you're already bringing from not just Kirkadurka, which of course is yeah. incomparable, but tell me about once off productions, because that's something that will sort of tie in or knit very nicely with this new position in Cork. Exactly. Um, so I have been working with Funsaf more or less since I've finished with Kirkadurka. Mara O'Keefe and Sarah Cregan, who are both independent producers, came together to form a hub or a platform for independent artists. And they received uh, pilot funding from the Arts Council. So as well as producing multiple projects throughout the year, they're also training a lot of people in the theatre sector. You know, there, uh, there is a, such a lack of uh, professional producers or production managers, I think particularly since COVID as well. Mm. A lot of seem to change course, you know, or they, they just got out of the theatre industry. So the Once Off is very successfully upskilling a lot of trainee producers and production managers, which is brilliant to see. And, you know, they're getting fabulous hands-on experience working in the once-off framework. So they will 
the, you know, independent producers themselves beyond the once off structure, you know, once that, if that pilot scheme is finished, it, it may get recur- funding again in 2023, but for now it is only, you know, going to last to the end of this year. Mm-hmm. That's so fascinating because, yes, you know, like it's it's really been interesting the last number of weeks to see reports coming from the tourism industry about the number of vacancies that they have there. and They can't get people to come back and take up jobs and all the rest of it. And when yeah. you think of the the skill set that is lost in the arts, particularly from that field, I mean, like if you're an artist or a performer, a musician or an actor or whatever, that is your metier and you were looking to get back up and running. But it is the producer's the technicians and all of that, there's a huge skill set lost because they've gone into other fields. And then because there hasn't been productions up and running, there is no apprenticeship positions or, as you said, like foundational experiential projects through which people can grow and have professional development and and stay in the field. So that is so, so important and uh, and really interesting work. But I love the idea or it's also interesting once off productions kind of says it on the tin. You have been working as such, not necessarily with long term projects as you would have been doing with Kirkadurka yeah. for a long time. But of course, the sidestep of Kirkadurka also has, you know, the TDC, which is used yeah. to seeing groups coming in and, and, and that sort of thing. This is a kind of a national platform, though, that you've been working with. It is. And I think, the, as you mentioned, the TDC and the kind of great work that they were doing there in terms of promoting emerging artists and, you know, the show festival. Um, that they do annually for work and development. I suppose part of my motivation in taking the job here was because I could see a lot of that work had no step beyond show. Mm. You know, so I think one of the things I do want to achieve over the next few years is to kind of carve out space at Park Arts Theatre for that work, you know, for the emerging artists or the professional or the recent graduates because there there isn't really another venue in Cork of the, obviously of this small capacity which is kind of the most realistic fit for emerging artists you know rather than something of the size or scale of the everyman or the opera obviously would be beyond that work and like it is a hundred feet or I think people have a perception that it's a smaller capacity <laughs> than that but like hundred feet is substantial when you are in this job now already, I mean, like obviously you've known it's been uh, in the pipeline already and I know you have plans. Are there kind of specific projects you can already point towards? Well, um, what, like luckily for me, most of 2022 was programmed before I stepped into the role at the, you know, at the beginning of the year, which is great because there's so much for me to learn, I guess, you know, because I haven't worked in a venue or programming before. So, it's great to have that space and to give more consideration and look towards 2023 for me. But Dolores was successful in getting a chunk of funding from the Community Foundation for Ireland that went to support a number of different Cork companies and artists to make new work for the space for 2022. So that's under the banner Creative Empowerment and that will see 10 brand new shows coming into cash over the coming 10 months. Well, they start in March, actually, and the final one is in November, with each of them doing either a five or a 10 night run at the venue. Which is fantastic. And I know already there's a a kind of an official launch of that coming up this week, isn't there? Yes, exactly. We're launching the programme on Tuesday evening. And it's fantastic work in it and very diverse, which was the whole ethos 
of the programme was for inclusivity and diversity and things that would push boundaries. And I do, I do think it achieved that in the midst of the same production. You're not the only newbie in the Cork Arts Theatre. Uh, I, I could see there was a another young fella in the photograph next to you as well. And I'm not talking about Jamie Feely. <laughs> Jeff Gould also joining the team. <laughs> He'd be delighted with that introduction. Yeah, thrilled with that, that the board has invited him to come on as the new executive chair because he's such a good fit, really, and it kind of aligns with everything that I would see for the space in the coming few years. Mm. As I'm sure you're very familiar with Jeff's work and the Fit Up Festival um, and, you know, how much he supports the younger and developing artists' work. You know, so he's really, it's fantastic to have him really on the board. Exciting times, really exciting times. I'm so well. When I heard that this was an appointment you were taking up, Connor and myself were, I think, at the kitchen at the time, going, "Oh, perfect fit, absolutely." So, congratulations, Finn. I think it's a Thank great appointment, you. and wishing you so much success as you Thanks knit so into much. the team and drive more things forward again. So, uh, congratulations to you. Thanks for chatting yeah. to us. I'm I'm delighted with myself, and I feel so at home already. It's great. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Finn. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Elmarie. I love that. And a great appointment and another fantastic uh, woman leading in theatre in Cork. Now then, that's not uh, the end of news from the Cork Arts Theatre this week. Theatre is coming back to the state. Yes, indeed. And it's a story of a dog called Chipati. Or his owner, or should I say somebody that his owner meets as a result of having a dog called Chapati. Chapati is the name of the play. It's directed by Danny Buckley, who sent us a lovely letter during the week explaining the story behind this production, which until it was kind of postponed in 2020, it's now back on track again. But up till then, it actually was doing quite well. It won the Rush Drama Festival, getting Best Actress, Best Actor and Best Director. And so preparing themselves for the circuit again, they're doing this production starting on Thursday right through to Sunday in the Cork Arts Theatre. And as he says himself, it tells a gentle, it is a gentle but moving play where romance is a distant memory for two lonely animal lovers living in Dublin when forlorn Dan and his dog Chipati cross paths with the amiable Betty and her 19 cats. <laughs> An unexpected spark begins to warm. Aww. It's a warm and gentle story about two people discovering or rediscovering the importance of human companionship, which is very, very apt considering the last couple of years we've had. Well, especially because they were already on the circuit with it in yes. 2020 before lockdown happened. So yes. it is no bearing whatsoever or no relationship whatsoever. We probably relate a lot more to certain aspects of it now. So that's opening on Thursday night, Thursday night. onto okay. Sunday night. And I presume the 18 cats are not actually on stage. <laughs> no live animals were harmed. Okay, so all of the details for that, of course, will be on the Cork Arts Theatre website. Here's Jimmy McCarthy. She was a beauty. She was a belle. She was something to behold. So gather round me Listen well, for this story must be told Hand in hand across the sky, how I'm stepping at their heels Love of loves and how it feels 
was the shadowy enemy, was the steel. She was all womankind, and he was learning to kneel at the foot of the mountain, at the roots of mankind, at the breath of this frozen child. Lost in space and time, oh, where are you now, my sweet love? Where are you now, my pain? Where are you now, my sweet love? Where are you now, my love? Had a husband, an ordinary man, but she saw him as an Arab dancing on the desert floor. And he could not understand this wedding fantasy, so she danced for him no more. She came down from the sky, but lost her mind on high. Love of loves and how it feels. She was the shadowy enemy, he was the steel. She was all warm and kind, and he was learning to kneel at the foot of the mountain, at the roots of mankind, at the breath of this frozen child. Lost in space and time, oh, where are you now, my sweet love? Where are you now, my love? Where are you now, my sweet love? Where are you now, my love? I found her and I lost her. I may never rest again. If I can't make that woman, she my lover and my friend. Oh, where are you now, my sweet love? Where are you now, my pain? Where are you now, my sweet love? Where are you now, my love, Lorraine? Where are you now, my love, Lorraine? You're listening to the Arts House on Corks 96 FM and C103, one of the kings of Irish songwriting there. That is, of course, Jimmy McCarthy. And you know, since the start of the year, we haven't repeated an artist, never mind a song, which is superb considering we've just been playing Cork musicians. Although, actually, no, I tell a lie. For Valentine's last week, I did play Mick Flannery and we had played him sometime as well back again in January. So we really are making an effort to spread the net as wide as we can for Cork singers songwriters who have radio-friendly stuff. So, you know, you can always text or WhatsApp me during the show, tell me about someone you know who's going under the radar, or you can email at any stage by clicking through the various pages on the 96FM and C103 websites. We're heading to news next. 
The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. Right then, Connor's been taking a look at what's making the front pages of the Sunday papers this morning. Okay, I'll just have a look at the Irish Mail on Sunday. The main story there is what clashes with minister in pub over pay. O'Brien comment on 300k salary causes tension and it's it's an exclusive by John Lee, the group political editor of the Irish Mail on Sunday. One of the country's most senior civil servants loudly confronted Housing Minister Dara O'Brien in a crowded pub over the cabinet member's comment that details of a controversial uh, €83,000 pay rise should be published. The Irish Mail on Sunday can reveal. That's the Mail on Sunday, the Sunday Times. Interesting one here. You'd have to look up what is what does slap mean? Because when you see the headline, you're going, Ireland ready to slap laws and defamation. Slap is L-A-P-P. So I looked it up. It's a strategic lawsuit against public participation. And according to the report in the Sunday Times, um, it's... Ireland could become the first European country to introduce legislation allowing for the dismissal of, quote, abusive defamation cases that are taken only to deter public interest, discussion and investigative journalism. Apparently this has been done in countries around the world and is going to be kicked into place in Europe, but Ireland will be the first country to take these um, laws, or slap laws on defamation into account. So, um, on to the Sunday Independent, and another one about an investigation, a private investigator hunts Kerry's assets, ex-sportswoman pursued over 500,000 euro fraud claims is the main story on the Sunday Independent. And Brendan O'Connor poses the question, you don't just get it, and uh, have you got it? That's this question he's asking this week. He says, as we move to post, into a post-COVID world, there's a new division in Irish society. We're now split between those who get it and those who don't get it. And then he lists off all the it's that we do or we don't get. <laughs> uh, on to the business post. Uh, one big story there, new health tapes. Now, there's a word here I can't uh, use on a Sunday morning. Um, claims of bat poo targets. These are in inverted commas. Horror of waste, again, in inverted commas, and no quote, fear or respect. Basically, it's saying that the HSE is considering an 80 million euro correction to its 2020 accounts due to, quote, technical adjustments. That's the main story, anyway. 80 million. Yeah, according to the Sunday Business Post. But I'm just going to finish with a story that actually appeared yesterday in the papers after the storm. And uh, it's the story of, well, a lot lot of trees were lost over the last few days in Ireland and the UK. And in this, the Guardian yesterday, they wrote that few trees are likely to be mourned as much as one linked to Isaac Newton in the grounds of Trinity College, Cambridge. No! This apple tree... The tree! No, this apple tree... What? It was grafted from... The one at the great thinker's family home in Lincolnshire, where he first started formulating his theory of gravity, and was another that failed. This is another tree that failed to withstand Eunice's blasts. Oh wow! And the university just pronounced that uh, strong winds quote proved a little bit too much for it. So oh, what a shame! What a great way of, a great of preserving tree. the tree, yeah. though. 
um, it had been to graft it because it wouldn't yeah. have survived otherwise, you no. know, that length of time. So a great idea to So to hopefully graft it. there might be oh, a few more of yes. trees from the, the what original a shame, though. the original apple tree, I suppose. That's, they would have minded that yeah. so well. Yeah. Jeannie yeah. Mac, yeah. do you ever know what's in front of your nose? Um here's an artist who absolutely has a great affinity with nature. Uh, Cork singer songwriter Jerry Wolf. I love this one. This is from an album that he did a number of years ago called Heaven Paints Her Holy Mental Blue. And I haven't played this one in a long time. It's called As Deep as the Ocean.
Now, this thought isn't exactly carved in stone, but, well, actually, it is carved in stone because this week's Work of the Week is a great love story. And as with all great love stories, there's always a little bit of really hot gossip. So to find out more, here's Assistant Curator of the Crawford Art Gallery, Michael Waldron. Little did I know when we were doing a love special last week that love would still be in the air this week because on Monday, which was Valentine's Day, you went online with the work of the week for CrawfordArtGallery.ie and you were celebrating Valentine's Day with a great tale of classical love as carved out, as you said it yourself, a love letter in stone. Perfect Love Frozen in Time is the story of Cupid and Psyche as put together by Edward Ambrose for eternity in stone. And you can see it anytime you go into the Crawford, just turn left when you get in the main door. <laughs> That's absolutely right. I mean, they are, they just beckon you through the, the gallery. So right at the back, they have their own little corner. <laughs> um, it's an amazing sculpture. It's not very big. So what you're talking about is only about a metre long. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's only half that high. So it's essentially two figures, one lying down and the other kind of crouching over them, peering down onto their face, kind of seeing if they're awake. And as you said, it's a classical love story. Mm. It's a love story for the ages. But it's full of... <laughs> Gossip, and <laughs> scandal, and all sorts of things, um, all captured in stone. <laughs> Let's figure out the main characters here. We've got Cupid and we've got Psyche. So who was Cupid? Okay, so Cupid, Valentine's Day, you see Cupid all around, you yeah. know, a little cherub with, <laughs> with a, a bow and arrow. But Cupid himself was a youth. He was the son of Venus, who oh. was the goddess of love and Mars, the god of war. So if you can imagine putting love and war together, (laughs) there's going to be some some strife. (laughs) A lot of passion anyway. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then Psyche was mortal, and she was a fabled beauty. So if you can imagine the most beautiful woman in the world, and Venus got jealous, because Venus, of course, the goddess of love, won you know, wants to be number one. She is the most beautiful. And so this jealousy of the mother kind of corrupts the love between Cupid and Psyche. The stage is set (laughs) for our story. What's what's interesting is like the, the, the subject of Cupid and Psyche comes from an ancient source, North African writer called Apuleius who lived, you know, 18, 1900 years ago, wrote the story. And it has passed down to us generation after generation. And it inspires artists 300 years ago and so on, including Antonio Canova, who we've spoken about before. And his very famous Cupid and Psyche is in the Louvre in Paris. But here in Cork, we had Edward Ambrose. He made not one, but three <laughs> Cupid and Psyche themed sculptures. And we have the earliest one dating to 1840. Wow. 
How long has it been in the hands of the gallery? Well, it's been with us for 102 years. So one of the kind of the earlier works from our collection. It was bought in 1920. I think we've spoken it before about the Gibson bequest, which is a big gift given to us over 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it allowed us to buy art. And so it was one of the very first works that we bought. And I suppose it was bought because Edward Ambrose was an artist who had died a generation beforehand. He was still remembered as a as a fine sculptor from mm. Cork who had done well. And this was a kind of an important early work for him. What it does is it captures that moment, that moment frozen in time, as we said at the start, yeah. where Psyche actually sees Cupid for the very first time. And they've been living together, but the lights have been out (laughs) 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 because Venus has cursed them. So it's like he's not allowed to see Cupid. So Cupid devises a plan where they can still be together, but they can't look at each other. (laughs) (laughs) But she sneaks a peek while he's asleep and she wakes him accidentally. That's disaster, really. So this is the moment of perfect love before he wakes up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I had no idea. God, yeah. The path of true love never ran smooth. (laughs) No. No happy endings in classical stories. (laughs) (laughs) Just to look at, it's a picture of peace. Captures a moment of love for eternity. Come along, look at it online or come in in person. Just visit the gallery. And as I say, turn left at the door there. And you'll be surrounded by many great works of art. Tell me, other exhibitions running at the moment, anything new coming in? We have our Menagerie exhibition that is continuing until March 6th. Mm-hmm. And then we also have our Odysseys and Saturation exhibitions. And then opening this coming week, we have the Port of Cork collection. So that was a great gift to us by the Port of Cork company. And we'll be showing 14 paintings from that collection. Excellent. Okay, so that's plenty of reasons to come along and just take a little bit of time out at the moment. After the storm, this is very much the calm, the oasis of peace that you can find right in the city centre. Mike, thanks as always for uh, your little guided tour. And speaking of which, there are guided tours, aren't there, available every week? There are. So happily, we have reached a point where we can now offer our free guided tours again. So they're starting off this Sunday, the 20th of February, with yours truly. So they'll be at 2 p.m. and we'll meet in the sculpture galleries. You don't have to book, you just rock up at 2 p.m. If you're running late, security will let you know where to go. We'll look at different exhibitions every week. Okay, expect a crowd. All right. Thanks, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a million, Connor. Now, if you want to meet Michael in person, just make sure you turn up to the Crawford Art Gallery today at 2pm and he'll take you on a voyage through the Crawford Art Gallery. I love it. And it's just fantastic to see the tours returning. And Michael Waldron will make what seems like a kind of a muggy, dirty afternoon pass in a flash for you uh, with that guided tour around the gallery today. Uh, They just said goodbye, of course, very recently, the end of the start of January there to Rembrandt in print. Here's Ricky Lynch with a tribute to another major artist. This is Cork's Ricky Lynch with Caravaggio. I was born to be a painter 
I saw colors in the womb I learned all about my trade and craft I set out on my own I was driven by ambition When I first set foot in Rome Where the divine Michelangelo Had carved his name in stone All I found of the beginning Was poverty, want and toil I felt the pangs of hunger I didn't have much joy more When I did find fame and fortune I indulged my appetite With my friends down in the tavern With the ladies of the night And I blazed through the Roman twilight With my beautiful cordage and With mad poets, rogues and painters With all my outcast friends I was fighting for my life one night In a brawl with cutthroat thieves Knives and daggers were drawn Somewhere now a mother grieves My friends, they came and patched me up Took me down to the harbor to hide They found me a berth on a cargo ship I sailed on the morning tide And I was put ashore in Naples Far away from the human cry And I was marked for life now With a deep scar under my eye My fame had gone before me To the city of the bay I painted a famous altarpiece For a wealthy merchant there Ah, my paintings were a wonder But they soon enough provoked The envy of my rivals Who were fit to hold my coat And a would-be assassin With a sharp stiletto knife Left me in a pool of blood On my way home late One night now I'm no longer safe In Naples I became a rolling stone I ended up in Malta Still a wanted man in Rome Well I petitioned for a pardon To absolve a mortal sin But overtaken by events I was on the run again I made all my misadventures I painted many a masterpiece A marvel to my patrons A revelation to my peers I was a man of temperament Judge me any way you like My work will be my testament Regardless of my life And I was 
didn't fall to be a painter I saw colors in the room I learned all about my trade and craft I set out on my own Driven by ambition When I first set foot in Rome Where the divine Michelangelo Had carved his name in stone The sound there of Ricky Lynch and Caravaggio and what a tale, what a story you know, you can listen back to that song on the podcast afterwards but uh, you'd never think and I'd completely forgotten um, all the really, really dark, dark details of Caravaggio's life. So well worth listening back to that. Congratulations to Ricky Lynch on that new track. Delighted to get it in the emails. Now, I'm talking to you about Faramachle Clara Tijikahar Anspecial to Erfad Clara Fashnesha Fwyn Dromador As Kirkwig, Joe Mack on Mana Showband, The Dixies Now, ni hoan gamech se Dromadoirocht Savannah, ach kwer klasiocht agus ach fwyn gwein Joe gamour le shona na Dixies sa hale rinki Agus Kegar Hat Joe Sale Ma, Win Tabashti Mordo Fresh and Ferrer, Gaston Clarsha, or Tichikar, a Tosnu, er a Nay, a Chlog, er an Hedin, Agzaniha in Eg Shin, er an Dirdin, by Clar Fashionation Alm, Fin Aurani, Ella Askurka Yoishna Shobans, Kelly, Nanile Narasakami, Kelly Spearvan Ray, Nashovani, Agus the Blonde Bombshell of Egest, Achvishi Komala Far, er Bi Egragana, Kegar Omi Far, a Revshi Luitele, Tom Jones in a mask near Fos Shiriev so Shinatos nu Erish Erenay Echlog Ach Er Andirdin so Le Tachdanarig Le Mifiara Shot Aron Achum Claire Sands Le Tommy Sands Agus Steve Cooney and Norik Norvi, Tirdrucha Agus Fumdrucha Oyenavaka Shah Aberlum the room. The oak may reach for heaven and never find a star, but in between its arms and branches shelter who we are. And after we agree, we'll never be the likes again. An acorn small begins to fall, then rises in refrain. Sounds just like Fiddler after he had passed away. I saw a young girl lift the bow and slowly start to play. A tune to air those woes and cares hops upon a string. They can bend a tender flower, but they'll never stop the spring.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here comes the new birds of springtime, their colored show. Here comes the girl, she's my flower, but she doesn't know. Here comes the bee with his lifeblood and magic to spread. All over the new buds in wintertime we thought were dead. I'm just an old honeybee. Someone that she'll never see I'm just a fly-by collector Pity for me It's a pity for me I pass her each morning But she's never looking my way She's next to a nettle Upon her I'll settle someday I hope I can pluck up the courage To her I'll tell I'll long for the day In all white blue-eyed petals I dwell I'm just an old honeybee Someone that she'll never see I'm just a fly-by collector Pity for me It's a pity for me I 
So I keep on buzzing at twelve to the dozen to win. A bright morning blossom that will open up and let me in. Oh, what a flower! She surely has taken my heart. Wish I was your honeybee, you and me never to part. I'm just an old honeybee. Someone that she'll never see. I'm just a flyby collector. Pity for me. It's a pity for me. I'm just an old honeybee. Someone that she'll never see. I'm just a flyby collector. Pity for me. Okay, that's magnificent work by John Neville there. It's his new single called Old Honey Bee. And I love it. I'm looking forward to actually meeting John in a few days' time. He sent us some great material over the last few months, and it's a lifelong journey, in his case, of work since he was a young singer. And he told me the story of when he met my father at the very, very first Cork Folk Festival and how he was asked to sing, although he didn't think he was worthy at the time because he was in the company of great singers and all of that. My father stood up for him and said, no, John, sing for me. And he always remembered him for that. And it's actually my father's 20th anniversary uh, next Tuesday. So um, there'll be a few glasses raised in his name, in his honour, and a song sung. And again, thanks to John for that. And that's just all part of, they say, the tradition. And they were together at the first Cork Folk Festival all those years ago. Um, What a generation. But when you think about it, there's John. He had all of those songs in his pocket and he had that... And he still didn't kind of go proper recording until he retired. And there he is, just releasing music now. It is early retirement, John. We do accept that. (laughs) We'll give you credit. I love that song. It's such a beautiful, beautiful, gentle song. Old Honey Bee, definitely going to be coming up on the playlist again uh, when we come around to repeating music, whenever we get around to repeating music. Now, things that are quite scheduled at the moment in lots of the theatres are, you know, all of the press releases are nearly... Rescheduled from nineteen twenty, from twenty twenty, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. from the great flu epidemic for twenty twenty one. Tell me about the crucible because that's coming to the Everman, and that's another one that was put on hold. So, when you kind of add it up, speaking to Darren Kelleher, the director, I put it to him. I said, uh, "You've been two and a half years." preparing for two nights performance and he agreed with me wholeheartedly and it's a play I know fairly well myself having gone through a couple of productions so this is one that has gone through several stages to bring it to its final stage which is the stage where it belongs the stage of the Everyman Theatre Darren, I was delighted to hear that there's a production of The Crucible coming to the Everyman. Unfortunately, for two nights only, to my mind, that's the kind of show that should run and run because there's an awful lot to be learned from it. In your case, I've never seen 
are heard of so much time put into only two nights work. You've been at this for over two years when you think about it. Since late 2019, we began rehearsals on the first version of The Crucible that that sort of has evolved over the last two and a half years. I mean, the core cast are still there. But I was joking the other day, we had a rehearsal and I was saying, well, look, this is part of the benefit of having two years. (laughs) we, We could only get better and it could only get stronger. But I also said at the same time, I never again want to spend two years in production for a play. It's, it's a ridiculous amount of time. You are hungry for an audience now, I reckon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think that the reverse is true also. I think the audiences are hungry for theatre and they're hungry yeah. for shows and they're hungry for entertainment. We both need each other. Two dates for you to meet the audience, the 23rd and the 24th of February at the Everyman Theatre. It just works on so many different levels. And I also think it's still relevant today to all intents and purposes, a recreation of the famous Salem witch hunts that took place hundreds of years ago. But it's really telling the story of what happened in America in the 1950s when another witch hunt took place. In this case, Arthur Miller is making a very overt point about power and the abuse of power. Like we look back to that time in McCarthyism, but it's always been around and it's still around these days. You you know, theatre, before you ever sit down to do a play, you kind of have to figure out for yourself, why am I doing it? What's this play about and what are we trying to say? Mm. Not just in terms of the past, but in terms of the present. There are certain people out there to protect their own skin will say and do anything and will will see others thrown under the bus. Even on small levels in the modern world in terms of bullying and things like this and the spread of misinformation, this is it. The points are always relevant because human behaviour rarely changes. It's amazing because, I suppose, with the onset of the internet, we now have echo chambers where people can point the finger in any direction and get any amount of people to join their posse. In this case, we're telling the story of a young girl called Abigail. Abigail Williams was the character. And in her case, the whole thing starts with her pointing the finger. Absolutely. And in Abigail's story, there's a, there's a certain amount of sympathy towards the character initially. She's a young girl and this married man, John Proctor, has an affair with her. His wife finds out and then sort of throws her out because she's working in their house as a servant. There's sort of talk and whispers in the town about her name and her reputation. That isn't the immediate catalyst, but it, it sort of... Yeah. She starts to get involved in, in what they call witchcraft, the dark arts, and, and they go into the forest with the other girls and they try to, to sort of, you know, conjure spells and whatever you have it. You're not giving too much away because a lot of this actually happens much yeah. within the first 20 minutes of, of the production and it draws you right in. And everything is told so well by Arthur Miller. He's a great storyteller himself. He observes each step of the way of the process of how... You know, you always ask yourself, how did it come to this? You know, How did it get out of hand? Yeah. He takes you by the hand and shows you this is the process of how things go mad. And I think to be, you know, a decent human being, we should all be open to change, to be closed off to facts and, and truth and to be closed off to even discussing another person's point of view. There's more and more of that in the world, I feel. We just don't want to hear what other people are saying. And I think that really comes back to the heart of what the crucible is about you know even when you get into act three and act four you know that the the justice they don't want to hear it they're really in denial this town this salem is sort of falling into the pit yeah well there you go 
there's a certain inevitability about it. The minute yeah. the curtain opens, you can see how the path towards disaster and chaos yeah. quite simply starts out with a small act. Well, if people want to see the process and see Arthur Miller's cautionary tale, yeah. The Crucible, it's running for two nights only. If you want to see a large cast in action, which is another thing we haven't seen in a while, <laughs> come to the Everyman Theatre for two nights only. That's Wednesday night and Thursday night, which is excellent. I'm delighted. I wish you the best of luck with the production. Thank you. You're as prepared as you can be, as I say. All you need I've now... I've never been so prepared in all my life. <laughs> all you need now is a round of applause, and I think you will get this it. This is it. Okay. Darren, thank you very much. Thanks, Connor. Thank you. And wishing them all the very, very best of luck with that. Now to more new music from Cork singer-songwriters. And Barry Don Marr is from Dripsy in County Cork. What a beautiful musician. He plays the Latin trio with Colin McLean and Dave Whitla. But he also has this collection of songs um, that he has sent in to me. And various bits and pieces. I played Ony Whelan, actually, back in January, singing one of his songs. Today we're going to listen to Barry John singing himself. And this is such a beautiful guitar um playing melody um, bed under what he says are fairly dark lyrics but a great collection of people involved in producing this particular track as well Carl Nesbitt produced it Dunica Moynihan recorded it you've got Chris McCarthy on bass and Barry John himself is doing all the rest of the instruments and the singing it's called In the Corner shadow of my indifference I'll find you there I'll find you there And then you'll come on crawling And then you'll come on strong In the glare of the summer sky you laugh I cry till I cry And when I try to get lost I'll find you there And in the forest of no regrets I'll find you there I'll find you there Strong in the glare of the summer sky, you laugh till I cry, till I cry.
The Arts House. What's it like being in a packed auditorium with a whole audience just bursting into applause and a queen on stage? Rebecca Storm returns to Cork Opera House next week. Here's a taste of what it's like. Hey, babe. eternally perfect situations must go wrong but this has never yet prevented me wanting far too much for far too long looking back I could have played it differently Wasn't it good? Oh, so good. 
Well, Rebecca returns to the stage of Cork Opera House next week with her full band and backing singers and the whole lot. So I picked up the phone and we had a chat the other day. sunshine after rain and these things have always been the same so why worry now Rebecca the last time we actually spoke I think was one of the times during lockdown when you were recording with your daughter who was in lockdown in England and you were in lockdown of course here in Ireland and you recorded that beautiful song Why Worry doesn't that seem like a million years ago now yeah. <laughs> gosh yeah what's it been like um, yeah it was a nice it was a nice moment to uh, connect and um, yeah and, and put it out and, and, pe- and get such a lovely response from it still haven't seen her really oh that's such a shame I know it's incredible we talk on phone all the time um, yeah I'm, I'm no different to so many other people but you know it just it's just one of those things where you couldn't really plan any uh, any trips across or whatever mm. and uh so thank goodness we've got these fantastic phones where we can see each other's faces, you know. Well, How are you anyway? Asher, listen, I'm grand. It's been an event for a couple of years as well. Listen, yeah. I suppose one of the things that kind of tickles me at the moment is uh, talking about various concerts and things that are coming up is the fact that so many of these events, and this is one of them, that has been sort of rescheduled and rescheduled and rescheduled since May 2020 or something. It's finally happening. Yes, exactly. Um, and we only found out, um, I think it was the 1st of February, that the 5th of March was going ahead. So that gave us a short month and a few days to <laughs> kind of pull everything back together again. Yeah, so so as you can imagine, we, you know, we were kind of, um, well, it was a bit sort of homey DIY, really, I suppose. We did a bit of recording, but, you know, the actual sort of show business side of my life went on hold. And uh, and then now it's gone full full steam ahead but you know it's great fun it's great fun absolutely delighted cannot wait to come back down to the cork opera house it feels like a second home i've done so many shows down there over the past 35 years is it so uh it's uh it but i think it's quite a few years since i've actually sung on that stage so i i really genuinely can't wait I know it is like a second home for you and I know that Cork audiences absolutely adore when you come down so I have no doubt you're just going to have such an emotional evening there which will be brilliant but I mean I have seen you in concert and you haven't been completely absent from the stage because we went to see you in the gardens of Photo House um, at the end of the summer uh-huh. now, that in itself also had to be rescheduled because of late summer stormy weather you know which was just such a shame but you came out you were wearing the most divine red dress everyone was sitting there with their glasses of wine and around at the tables on the lawn and yeah. yourself and what a band what a band just absolutely serenaded everybody into the sunset it was brilliant uh, have you had a Thank chance you. to do many of those uh, I think we did for I mean they were all very different in their own ways we, we played a, a fabulous Keith, which is um, just outside Kilkenny, which was an open air in, in um, basically kind of a quarry that had been redesigned. Um, and what? Photo, that would make it kind of like yeah. a, an amphitheatre or something, wouldn't it? It was, it was, and, it, and it's definitely worth a visit. I mean, it's just up the way there from uh, 
from all you gorgeous court people. So, you know, at some stage in the summer, I think they'll probably be putting on, you know, concerts. In a, that was in the August. Um, now, it did rain a little bit. So, you know, people are in the open air and that always is a little bit of a worry. So you've always got to bring in umbrellas, I suppose. But um, Fosha Island, it didn't rain and it was great. I think it was just about 10 o'clock at night when I suddenly saw my breath as I was singing. And I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's coming to the end of this concert, you know, because it did really feel like, um, you know, the short-sleeved dresses, you know, or the whatever, as you said, you know, it's, uh, I felt a bit exposed. I didn't have a fur coat to throw around my shoulders. So uh, the, you're a little compromised, but uh, oh my goodness, the atmosphere was just fantastic. And we have, uh, well, we have the same band um, with the addition of David Hayes. Mm-hmm. who is a very, very famous pianist and, and musical director here in Ireland. And so it just turned out that when uh, when we called him, he said, I, I actually can do those two dates, the Cork Opera House and the Board Gosh. And I, I mean, I can't tell you, I was ecstatic because he's the, he's the best pianist, accompanist I have ever worked with. So I'm blessed. It's the same band uh, with the addition of David Hayes and um, Mary Lowe and Alison Bard Miller, who you saw mm-hmm. in photo. But we also have this fantastic group of young men called the Classics, who are going to be a special guest as well, who do uh, things like, well, they're doing a couple on their own, but they, um, they do Bright Blue Rose with me. They do a beautiful version of harmonies of Bright Blue Rose and, uh, and, and they do Hello Dolly. Because you know I play Dolly, and and, uh, and so they're doing that. They're they're, they're being the kind of waiters in Hell of Dolly. Mm. So uh, it's it's actually quite exciting. I mean, considering I'm in the business for forty years, I can feel I can feel the buzz, you know. And it's and it's really uh, it's really lovely to think that we're all going to go down there. And uh, and I know I mean all musicians love each other. So it's, it's such a great atmosphere when you get on the stage together and everybody just starts playing. You know, we feel blessed. I can hear the excitement, and I know you are going to have an absolute blast with those guys on stage as well and like being able to plan to stage a concert in somewhere like the Cork Opera House as or as you also mentioned the Borgosh Energy Theatre like big venues with big platform that allow you to throw it out there as opposed to trying to battle through the open air gigs uh, in the various lockdown guises that we had it's a totally different atmosphere the air becomes quite charged indoors I mean, it's a different atmosphere completely, isn't it? You know, when you're out in the open, I'm not really used to doing festivals. It's not been something that's been a big part of my career. Most of my time, as you probably know, is Blood Brothers or Avita or Les Mis. And, you know, and you and you are confined to a theatre. And sometimes that, that can get a bit wearing, you know, when you're eight shows, nine shows a week. And uh, you're longing for a bit of fresh air. But I'm, I'm not sure that uh, doing concerts out in the open air every day of my life would be good at my age um, but I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed both you know um, I really genuinely have um, but see with the Cork Opera House I mean I played there back in 1986 um, Blood Brothers went there for about two or three months and you know I, I have never forgotten that experience of the reaction from the audience you know they were such a gift to me they were so gorgeous they were and they were hanging on to the actors' words because the story was so relevant and the music was, I think, completely right for the actual musical, but also for Irish audiences. You know, they love that kind of 
semi sort of folky style music that um, Willie Russell wrote. And so for me to be a part of the first time arriving, you know, I mean, it's just, it's a memory I'll never forget and very, very grateful for. Uh, but the funny thing was, you know, pretty shortly after that, <laughs> you know, they, they kind of phoned up and said, would you like to play Cinderella? And I'd, I'd never done a pantomime before. So Cork House was the first time I ever played in a pantomime mm. of Cinderella Aww. back in 1986. So, uh, so it holds enormous memories. And of course, Evita, I did there yes. for three weeks. Yeah, and aspects of love with, uh, with right. John Barrowman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's and uh, as I, I, I walk through the stage door and uh, you know and walk on that stage. I did a TV program from there as well, Elmer. You know that was back in what was that eighty seven when I was doing the Vita, I think, and uh, I flew over and did a a, a one hour special TV for RTE. Listen. Rebecca, it's always a pleasure talking to you. The real joy for me in having this conversation is the fact that you are once again coming back to that stage, which is your second home, and that I know you're just going to have a blast. You are going to have a blast. So enjoy it and congratulations. Well, thank you so much. It's lovely to talk to you again. And I'm dying to see you all down there. I hope you'll you'll all come in and, um, and join us for a couple of hours. I give the booking details next. Rebecca, thanks a million. (laughs) <laughs> Bye. Thank you. It is a holy thing and it is a precious time and it is the only way. Forget me not among the snow. It's always been so it goes to ponder his death and his life eternally. Well, you can hear how she relates to the audience. Uh, Rebecca Storm comes to Cork Opera House on March the 5th. That's Saturday week. Uh, before lockdown kicked in and everything like that, she just kind of finished wrapping up on touring with Calendar Girls, Gary Barlow's hugely successful musical. And uh, this is fantastic to see her returning to the stage. She calls her second home. All of the details are on the Cork Opera House website. The Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. And you're very welcome back to the programme. And I'm really enjoying playing so many new singles and new releases on the show today. And here's the next one. It comes from Cork singer-songwriter Fiona Kennedy. And this particular song is kind of in a new gospel-y vibe. It's called Heart and Soul. And the release that comes with it says that Fiona said that looking after her mum taught her so much about herself. She wanted to write a song for her mum while she was still with them. And as always, she was a big fan of gospel music it felt right to follow that route with the Laces song so Fiona's mum died at Christmas she was 95 but as Fiona describes it 95 years young so this is a song called Heart and Soul and it's her tribute to the incredible generation of women who lived through so many huge changes in the world but stayed as steady as a rock throughout Lying in my bed alone at night couldn't catch my breath, my lungs so tight A gentle voice would ease away my fear The voice I carry with me everywhere 
Absolutely love that track from Fiona Kennedy. It's her new track called Heart and Soul. And we are delighted to be able to feature it here on the Arts House on Cork's 96FM and C103. I'm going to go straight to the phone lines next, actually, because we are thrilled to welcome onto the programme artist Claire McLaughlin, who has uh, been running a series called Sight or Seen Unseen for the last Gosh, I don't know how long. Claire, tell us all about it. When did it begin? It began in 2014. So, so yeah, it has, uh, and there have been over 100 events now to date. Uh, so, Scene on Scene explores the access to art for the visually impaired person in the gallery space and elsewhere. And the next gallery visit that you're heading to is the Void Gallery in Derry. And this is a gallery that you've visited a number of different times. And 
through either virtual visits or visits in person, you enable visually impaired people to experience and explore the world of the arts that's there all around them. So tell me, what's a typical experience like for somebody who is doing it in person with you first? Okay, well, somebody in person, okay, they're welcomed. Uh, now, Maeve, uh, Maeve Butler is the Access and Engagement Officer in Void in Derry, and Mary Kremen is the director. And Maeve is, is terrific. She, you know, she always ensures that we're so welcomed to the gallery and that the access needs, you know, that if anybody needs guiding in, you know, it's always considered. And, and she puts herself in the shoes of the visually impaired person, which is vital. Um, to understand what they need. So so basically we would go in, kind of have a walk through the gallery. We'd concentrate maybe on one or two works um, because because it takes time uh, to explain and explore the materials um, that are used. And, and the artists actually, the artists who, who exhibit are usually very generous in providing, if we can't touch the physical pieces, they provide the materials that they've used and this really gives a great insight into the into the artwork, into the thinking behind it, and into the materials that are used in it. You so know? The, you're, you're there with them in the gallery, and they can hold yeah. the artist's brushes, or they can touch the paint, or they can feel the fabric, or see the or feel the material. But for people who are listening this morning, you also have this other aspect to these guided visits for the visually impaired, where they can do it in virtually. So, like, we're not proposing that people head off to Derry to be with you this week. Uh, but when they are at home, you actually also facilitate that aspect by sending people a tactile pack. Yes, I do. Um, and that's... Um, so, the first, you know, during the pandemic, it was difficult to kind of try and uh, navigate um, scene on scene and how would we do it. So, we, we got our heads together and actually the first... Um, virtual visit was to the Crawford Gallery and the, the second one was to Void Gallery um, to Alan Phelan's exhibition and uh, for that particular one I sent out, he, he was concentrating on hyacinth, uh, there was a hyacinth now he had a lot of virtual um, images and a, a virtual actual hyacinth in the gallery and there was the smell of, the ga- of a hyacinth in the gallery wow. now he sent me some, or the gallery sent me some of the scent, which I decanted into spray bottles what? for each of the participants. Yeah, <gasps> so they had that. Now I also sent them a pot, a plant pot with um, with some potting compost and a hyacinth bulb, because while they couldn't access the the um, the you know the kind of the video or or um, images that were kind of solely visual, they could access. You know, planting the plant, and then, and actually, this year again, those plants bloomed. So it brought them right back mm. to that exhibition. You know, which is wonderful. So this is the embodied experience, Elmarie, which is really important for everybody, but particularly for the visually impaired. How often do you do these guided visits, virtually or in person, Claire? I do them once a month. Um, uh, it's usually the last Friday of every month. January was a bit different because we did Danny McCarthy's wonderful sound mm-hmm. um, soundscape at, at the right. Crawford Gallery, and yeah. that was really uh, that was amazing because Danny very kindly came on to one of the scene and scene and talked to all the participants. Um, and so they've met him in person. They've also visited his other exhibitions in in the Crawford. 
And this gives a very personal experience for the collaborators and participants who are joining in Scene Unseen because they meet the artists, they get to ask them questions, you know, they get to hear, like, what was the thinking behind the artwork, which is often, you know, uh, the average person spends 30 seconds in front of an artwork, so they're missing out a lot. A Scene Unseen person, you know, the, the Scene Unseen visits last an hour to an hour and a half, sometimes longer. Um, So there's great discussion around all aspects of the artwork and the memories that it stimulates and people's own experience, you know, of what is portrayed in the artwork. So it's a really enriching experience. I was saying to you that this is something that everybody would love, not just visually impaired art appreciators, but you really want this to be focused and particularly aimed specifically at those who are visually impaired uh, for the moment. Although you have an avenue for sighted people to also join, like if people are listening this morning and they think, OK, I can do it this month or that's something I'd like to bank on for, for next month, or whatever. How do people contact you, find out when it's coming up and know which gallery is involved or apply for the tactile pack for themselves or for somebody else to get it in the post and all that sort of thing? Is there a cost involved and how does it work? OK, there's no cost. There's absolutely no cost uh, to anybody to participate in Seen Unseen for the tactile pack or to come in person uh, how they how they join up is that they email me and I've changed my email to be a bit shorter because it was a bit long so it's now Claire at sceneunseen.ie um, Claire and C-L-A-R-E there's yes. no I in your Claire no, no so, I'm as in the county <laughs> so Claire at sceneunseen.ie that's it. And then if they would like any more information, usually the information is in the blog section of my website, which is artistclaremclaughlin.org. And that's C-L-A-R-E-M-C-L-A-U-G-H-L-I-N dot org. Now, Claire, people can also listen back to the podcast of this later on this afternoon or at any stage during the week, particularly if they're trying to write down the details or type the details into a laptop or a phone for somebody or do it themselves. So all of those spellings can be reiterated then for the people who need it. Because there's a couple of different ways of spelling Claire and a couple of different ways of spelling McLaughlin and we want people to find their way to you properly. Um, But it's such a fantastic programme and I'm so relieved we've actually had a chance to talk to you uh, on the programme before one of the events rather than just getting one of your gems of a text on a Sunday morning, which are always welcome. But I felt it was really important to talk to you. And I really do want to have you on the programme more often as well to tell people about upcoming events. So we will talk again in March and really do our best to spread the word about what you're doing. And not just here in Cork, but in galleries as you take people on virtual visits all over the country. So thank you so, so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Emery. And just to let you know, I'm I'm actually talking to... Scene Unseen now reaches three continents and I'm actually being interviewed by the Blind Association of Missouri this afternoon at one o'clock. So, you know, it's spreading its wings and and that is thanks to the the virtual space as well. So, you know, um, I'm I'm very grateful for, for that. Claire, we met you in On the Pig's Back there before Christmas and Connor and myself are both just here beaming in the studio at that kind of <laughs> spread, reach and word and recognition and interest yeah, that is being shown to you. So uh, it was so lovely to meet you in Douglas before Christmas. Wishing you continued success and so much joy with this as the word spreads 
to all the continents. Why not? Why stop at three? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's get it out there. <laughs> Listen, we know Cork is the centre of the universe, so world domination is just a hop, skip and a jump after that. <laughs> And Michael Waldron is is a fantastic, um, fantastic ambassador for the Crawford Gallery. And I know that uh, my Michael listens to Michael Waldron and and so do I every Sunday and Connor talking about the work of the week, which is a wonderful section in your programme. Well, thank you so much. And we enjoy that as well. And I loved their Cupid and their love bits and pieces today. Listen, Claire, thank you so, so much. You're very welcome, Edmarie. Thank you. That Thank is you. the artist, Claire McLaughlin, there. Seen, unseen. And uh, listen back to the podcast if you want to make a couple of notes on that. Before we wrap up, we have some more um, gigs that are coming up that are worth putting in the diary. Okay. From where we are, it's only up the road. And from where you are, I don't know what the journey is. But if you want to get to St. Luke's or live at St. Luke's, there's a few gigs coming into the good room. Some really great gigs coming up there soon on March the 4th. Ruby Horse. Absolutely. I I highly recommend that. Uh, talking to Joe during the week, he's looking forward to it himself and the gang. Also, March the 5th, Saint Sister, and on March the 6th, Hot House Flowers. Now, Declan O'Rourke has sold out from March the 11th. <laughs> it went so quickly, obviously, when the portal opened up there went the tickets. But there's some other great dates coming up. A lot of podcasts as well. The West Cork podcast live, that's sold out. Probably rescheduled from the first lockdown but Blind Boy is doing his podcast up in St. Luke's in the Good Room at the end of March. That's the 25th and the 26th of March. That's a Friday and Saturday. If you're interested in any of those or even looking ahead to gigs in April like Stephanie Rainey on the 29th and 30th, then just go to live at stluke's.com That's simple. Yeah, there's so much, so much, so much coming up. Don't forget the Artus Music Festival begins this week. It runs on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Concerts are taking place in St. Peter's Church on North Main Street and also in Tracton Arts Centre and My Place Middleton. But they're also not forgetting the online audience this year. Remember, they have an online option where you can buy all four concerts online for just €20. That is fairly incredible. One concert, one off is 10 but you can get the whole four for 20 So if you're going for the online option, those concerts will be held over until after the 4th of March when the festival is over. over. But you can look them all up if you want to go live or wait for the online and book it now. Ortusfestival.ie is where all the details will be. Well, well worth checking out. Also some fantastic um, music coming up in Triscoll. Um, you want to book now for the 5th of March if you'd like to hear the next concert presented by Music Network Ireland. It's a really exciting trio featuring twice Grammy nominated saxophonist Amy Dixon, violinist Sonoko Miriam Weld and pianist Simon Mulligan performing together for the first time on a music network tour so that is going to be fantastic Now coming up in the Triscoll as well there's Pedro El Moldovar's Parallel Mothers which you might have seen on the Graham Norton show a few weeks ago when Penelope Cruz was there as well speaking about it and she's starring in the movie that opens on Wednesday in the Triscoll that's Parallel Mothers and the same day we've got Guillermo del Toro's film Nightmare Alley starring Kate Blanchett, Bradley Cooper and Tony Collette. That's all starting this week in the Triscoll Cinema. Here on the Arts House, we want to lend our voices to the live music venues who are actually in trouble. Like we are here in this morning now calling out a list of a whole load of different gigs and things like that that are happening and that's wonderful. A 
huge majority of those are rescheduled from 2020 and people are trying to desperately catch up and Deirdre Falvey had a great article in the Irish Times with people like Yudel Curtin uh, from Collins and the Live Venue Collective talking about the reality of the fact that small music venues are barely treading water and they are pleading for the money which was pledged there was 14 million euro pledged to the music industry for venues right around the country and nine weeks later none of them have got it none of them are uh, able to make programming plans and all sorts of things and I see Collins there to the fore very well known venue the White Horse and Ballincollig also lending their voices to the Twitter campaign saying venues face a long daunting road back shattered consumer confidence, critical personnel shortages and no buffer from the whole Christmas calendar which was cancelled when everyone had to go home at 8 o'clock. So there's a, an infrastructure there that really needs support and there's a booking log jam because there's two years of stuff to make up. So it is um, really, really critical and we would want to lend our voice to that support of the emergency funding which was promised is now overdue and venues are really in trouble. So we want you to lend your voice to that and the online Twitter campaign and so on like that if you possibly can at all as well. Okay, that is almost it for myself and Connor. Okay. Until next week, we actually have a load of stuff already lined up next week but it's disappeared off the screen for me uh, right now. Not to worry. Don't worry. If you've missed today's programme or any of the guests we had on or you'd like to listen back to some of the brilliant Cork singers, songwriters and composers we had on the show today don't forget the podcast will be up this afternoon and right the way through the week and we'll talk to you again next Sunday have a beautiful week Corks 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes. Straight from our soil to your table. Griffin's Potatoes are simply nutritious and delicious.